The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists. Where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, ready to share some more provocative thinking for healthcare innovators. Here on the Healthcare Wrap, we believe that healthcare has to become truly consumer first, and we're trying to do something about it. We can either stand back and let it take another 50 years, or we can jump in right now. We'll get there faster together, so come be a part of it. Each week, we talk about building the healthcare of tomorrow. We recently passed 180 episodes and three and a half years on the air. We're now in season six, where we're focusing on how to operationalize and scale consumer-first healthcare and digging into the details of how to make it happen. So here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about why leaders should be over-investing in their consumer strategy heading into 2022. As more retail brands play in healthcare, who wins? I'll talk about that. Then Chris Gervais is in the house to share some provocative thinking about how consumers are feeling these days based on Kairos' fifth annual patient access journey report. We'll dive deep into whether we should be surprised at all that consumers value digitally enabled access to their health care. This episode is jam-packed and we have a lot to share along the way. It's time to dive right in. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the Week. One day we'll drop the terms digital health, consumer health, and retail health, and it will all be just health. After all, that's how consumers view healthcare. I've been focusing lately on the middle children, meaning the mid-sized new entrants that have up until now been flying under the radar. But it's worth taking another look at the major players in retail health as your organizations look to nail down their investments in consumer health strategy for the coming year. And for that, I turn to trusted friend James Gardner and his wealth of knowledge and research in this area. I'm reading from his recent article in Strategic Healthcare Marketing titled, Attention Shoppers, What's the Latest in Retail Health? where he shares very thorough summaries, including the very latest developments with four main players in big retail, CVS Health, Walmart, Amazon, and Walgreens. One reason I point to this article is that James starts by reminding us of the needs that the big players are attempting to address. He says, Unmet needs and unsolved problems always attract the attention of growth-seeking business leaders. Many see primary care as an exciting opportunity to compete, disrupt, and win. Quote-unquote. And then in a system not unlike Gartner's Magic Quadrant, James evaluates the four main players on two qualities, breadth and depth of their vision, and resources, commitment, and ability to execute. Spoiler alert, none of them rate perfectly, and each has their own flaws. But James gives CVS Health the highest scores in those two areas overall. Now, that's the TLDR version I should point out, but it's worth checking out the full article to see why he feels the way that he does. Here's my take. I don't think it's too bold to say that the factor that will determine which healthcare organizations pivot and thrive in the next 12 to 18 months and which ones fall flat 
is the degree to which their leaders invest the human capital that's needed to better understand consumers. And not just understand them, but how to engage with them, design for them, and build for them. Those looking from the outside in continue to question whether health systems are either blinded by their own silos or simply too full of hubris to even try to find a profitable path to address the new healthcare consumer. The reason why it's worth continuing to keep an eye on the major players is because for each of them, there are 10 to 100 players following their lead with even more drive and more agility. And collectively, they're changing consumers' expectations. And why am I rooting for them? Because when retail brands play, consumers win. And why now? Because there's a disturbance in the force. Changes in the air. Healthcare will not be limited to fee-for-service sick care for much longer. We as consumers will only tolerate a subpar experience for so much longer. It's time to over-index on consumer strategy and start by better understanding their unmet needs. That's another way that we'll build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the flavor of the Week. everyone uh, this week we've got chris gervais in the house so glad to have him back chris joins an illustrious group i like to say the club everyone wants to be in right of return guests on the podcast chris is here to share some provocative thinking about some new survey findings that kairos recently published it's their fifth annual patient access journey report we're going to dig into that we're going to talk about what that means for designing around consumers and creating a better healthcare experience what does that tell us how do we better understand consumers but first and foremost welcome to the healthcare wrap chris Thank you. It's so great to be back. For our listeners, uh, Chris is the Chief Technology Officer at Kairos, and a lot of him and the work that Kairos does, and they are uh, hot on the heels of their annual Atlas conference uh, as we speak. So uh, a lot of exciting things going on there. But Chris, what did I miss in your bio and your intro? What's a great place for listeners to know, a great thing to know about you? Well, great question. I've been one of those people who actually has been in and out of healthcare in my career. I haven't done my entire technology career in healthcare. Coming about four years ago, actually, almost exactly four years ago, coming back into healthcare from a pause of about five or six years before that has been, obviously, it was great to re-engage. It was reinvigorating to re-engage, but it was also great timing to re-engage too, just given, I think, what we're going to talk about today and some of the other changes that even four years ago started to get underway with the kind of acceptance and acceleration of different parts of digital healthcare and consumer-driven healthcare. It's been fun. Some A lot of people meet me and are like, oh, you must have been in healthcare forever. And I'm like, I've been in and out, which actually has been great because it's given me a bunch of different perspectives to bring back in when I come back in and new ways for us to think about solving problems. Yeah. Like, how does that help you to innovate every day? Having that, having had one foot outside of healthcare at times and then now being fully in it, how does that help you, you know, innovate or share that perspective with them? One thing that will continue to be true in healthcare is that there's not one answer. There's not one way to solve a problem. And there generally isn't in, in anything. And I've been able to bring in different types of just experience that I've had, which I think as Kairos has expanded in a number of different ways since you and I last talked, and certainly since I've started, helped us just, but not necessarily the word innovate to me sometimes seems empty, but really rethink how we frame some problems and, and, and opportunities. And then just think about some new ways to execute on them. Know healthcare, especially digital healthcare and the technology ecosystem is one where the fabric is getting rewoven constantly. And there are some things around how we act as a platform, how we integrate with others, how we create relationships outside the organization. And 
different types of value streams that we can bring that have been a lot of fun to explore over the past couple of years. And really over this last year, I've been focusing a lot more on it. And some of that is just based on partnership experience I had outside of healthcare and bring that in in the way and building partnerships and technologically enabling them in a way that I think the healthcare is really starting to lean into, which is a lot of fun. So that's that's one different way that we can help solve some problems, but really create opportunities going. Forward. I like how you phrase that. It's a lot of fun. I think some days it definitely is. And some days it is more of a challenge. It's a bit of a grind. I've heard it described in just about every way possible. And this last year, just like you said, keeps shifting and changing the ways that we see. But at the end of the day, I love what you said. There's not just one way to solve all the things in healthcare. There's not one thing that we're all just searching for and haven't gotten there yet. It's going to take a lot of different types of innovation and a lot of different ways of reframing problems. I love the way you you you, you reframed that wording for me. And I think that's just a great kind of kickoff to our conversation here, which uh, let's go ahead and, and dig in here a little bit about the recent survey. The This is Kairos's fifth annual patient access journey report. So this talks about consumer preferences and demand for online, like self-service and healthcare. And uh, well, let me turn this over to you. You want to give us the 101 version? What was what was the survey all about? What did you guys uh, learn from it? Anything that surprised you? Let's just start from there. Sure. Yeah, as you said, this is the fifth one we've done. And we take a survey of about a thousand consumers across the country, all in different demographics and different geographic areas, just to continue to understand, you know, what are consumers thinking? And more importantly, like, what are they starting to value? And of course, this being the second year of us being in COVID, and a lot of lives being disrupted in different ways, a lot of patterns and habits changed and now are reforming into new ways. I don't think there were any surprises for us, only because while we're talking to consumers, we're obviously out talking to our customers you know, a ton and trying to partner with them and understand how they're making decisions. So I think the things that we saw this year, which were, if you tracked them against last year, it was, if they were a graph, it's all up and to the right in terms of expectations, right? Even more this year, 60% of online searchers are going right to the hospital or the health system or the medical group website to find care. And so that's where they're starting their research. And of course, they're going to start on, on Google, but that's just going to give them the entry point. And so they still really value that brand and what that brand is going to bring to them in terms of helping them educate, but also solve a problem in the short term. And I guess the other thing that goes right along with it is that health plans have really taken a much more prominent role in the whole patient access journey. And one of the reasons that we saw, and we saw this kind of really go up over the last you know 18 months, not surprisingly, you had a lot of people move, but not necessarily change jobs. So they're trying to figure out, I got to find some new care and who's in my network. And we saw like 66% of people who were using their health plan site to find the provider was really like, okay, is this person in my network? Maybe I've got coverage and I moved. I need to make some new choices. And I think with all these experiences, even though folks were utilizing them more, the conversations that we had with both the consumers and and even with our own customers were, they realized how much more they need to do to really help that consumer make, make better choices. Yeah, you're right. We've had a recent guest or two talk about the fact that people moving around is going to influence their health choices and their provider experience. And that's something we don't want to neglect or forget about. And that's not that trend isn't necessarily over. So, yeah, there's some things in there that make a lot of sense. Overall, do you think we should be surprised that consumers value digitally enabled patient access? And why or why not? 
Yeah. Personally, no. I don't think we should be surprised at all. It's just matching every other expectation that we all have in the rest of our lives about other goods and services that we're trying to engage with, understand, and potentially transact with. And I don't mean to say it dispassionately like that because healthcare is very personal on both sides of providing and receiving it. But at the same time, there have never been more options as there are today. And tomorrow there will be even more. So it's so important to embrace all these different channels that patients are going to use. And as much as we'd love to have one funnel for them to go through and sort of one front door, it's just not the way that this is shaking out. There are just so many different entry points. And I think when you really actually can embrace that, then I think the question isn't around digitization. It's how far can we go with digitization? And then what is the right blending back in a personal or an an analog experience? Whether I do need to get on the phone, I'm going to go in person. I'm going to have another modality that I'm going to engage with that might be a blending of physical and digital. We, We can Everything will swing to digital at a time when the world gets shut down. It's the kind of the only outlet we have. So it shouldn't be any surprise that a lot of that's going to stick and an expectation level has been set. Now it's, that's the new foundation. What do we do standing on top of that to enable patients as consumers to more easily navigate this universe and, and frankly, to help them get smarter about navigating the universe? So you just mentioned standing on top of that the ability to take that information and either design or build a better experience. Any thoughts on what you're seeing that's a good example of that? Not to put you on the spot here, but or or what makes sense in your mind of a, a good place to start? What should we be aiming for if we're attempting to use this information and build a better experience? I think it's a few things. And you could probably almost do it in like a, I don't know, like a maturity model framework where I think there are a lot of expectations just about table stakes. And of course, when we saw them in our research about how consumers are prioritizing their the factors that matter to them around cost, convenience, and like clinical expertise, right? So that came out like loud and clear in our research. So those are the things they're saying are so important. How do you package those together, which are very, in some ways sound very separate, but are actually very related pieces of information, excuse me, to help them make you know some of these better decisions. And I think today we're seeing, we are fortunate to get to see a lot of different things and a lot of different experiments, which I think we can talk about that later and open with it. Like part of the reframing for me has just been this like entire willingness to experiment at a much higher velocity than kind of previously folks were doing. But I think even looking at, again, some really great experiences we've seen about mapping the consumer journey and offering better types of interventions along that journey that are just happening, can happen in more real time. So you can catch the person while they're in the moment, they're in situ, really thinking about, I've got to find this care or I'm looking for this and being able to almost assist in the guidance to getting them to that endpoint. We've seen some early, but some really some really nice things that some of our customers are doing or they want to do, right? They're, they're piloting and experimenting with that really are back to that, that blending, right? It's like you get to a point, then it's very easy to have a chat session that could turn to a phone call where you're not repeating the exact same thing over and over again. These kind of have these seamless handoffs, which folks have wanted for years. I feel like a lot of that's within. And I think more of those experiences are the ones that are really going to give people more of a, not just only a comfort level, but a confidence to help make those right choices based on the things they said to us. I want to know what it costs. I want it to be around me, whether I'm at home or at work, so it's convenient. I don't want to spend time seeing one or two or three providers 
if when I could have got a better answer up front and just said, oh, you're great, but you're not the right person for me, this one over here is. So I think that's some of the things that you know we're going to continue to see and hopefully we'll see extend uh, into 2022 in terms of these sort of patient and consumer-centric experiences. Hi, this is John Lynn from the Healthcare IT Today podcast. If you like the latest rumors, insights, and happenings in healthcare IT, you'll enjoy hearing my colleague Colin Hung and myself debate and share the latest happenings from the world of healthcare IT. Find the latest episodes or dig into our archive at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application or YouTube. When it comes to healthcare technology, we love this stuff. And we can't wait to have you join in on the discussion of everything health I like having those be our focus areas and the places where we're spending more time trying to understand, trying to research, trying to improve our perspective on what's coming. I think that's worth any investment of time. What do you think comes next? I feel like all of this information helps us understand a healthcare consumer better. And then that leads me to think, now, how do we engage with them better? Like, how do we build right. on that, even like that next level, that next step? What are your thoughts on how to better engage with consumers based on what you're I doing? I think it's A, continuing to make as much of your services as easily discoverable as possible, which means you got to radiate out your kind of information in places where consumers are going to be and not just expect that they're going to come to you. And so I think that's that's a big part of it. And then I think it's just letting them know that, hey, there are a lot of things that you can do with us on your own terms, right? So if you want to engage with us purely digitally and you want to book, again, you want to book an appointment, we can do that. You want to schedule a lab test or a vaccine shot, or we've got a mobile unit going out into the community that's doing screening mammograms and we're going to be parked at this place and you can sign up and, and you know get a spot in line and come get that done on your convenience, on your time. I think those things are, are going to continue to be really important of just being able to radiate out, here are all these options. As a health system or providers, how can we be able to provide those services as flexibly as possible and just raise awareness that they're there and available? And again, some of that is everything from old school kind of marketing techniques where that, and I don't mean that in a, in a, um, in any type of derogatory way, they're just well, you know, proven to maybe more modern and more or more current directed consumer outreach campaigns that are using different medium where, where your patients either existing patients who need to come back in and you really got to prompt them or new patients, given that populations in different areas have changed. I think it's just laying out those table stakes and then it's connecting all of that, the ability to find stuff, describe it accurately, have someone really zero in on the thing they're looking for and then maybe book an appointment or transact. And then as an organization, getting that into as many places as possible, right? So if the consumer is just feeling all the way down digital, then you've given them everything they can. If they get three quarters of the way down and they need to pop out and talk to a human, make that part as easy as possible and don't make them repeat their whole story. And so I think those are some of the things that that folks are just expecting because that's the experience they're getting in so many different other industries right now. You're so right. This is all about expectations and that plays such a role in choices and decision making. I noticed one of the data points from the survey, kind of going back to that real quick, one of them was talking about delaying routine care. And while I've seen a lot of data points Along this, throughout the last few months, I think this is the most recent one I've seen. So I thought it was cool to see this. So 45% of respondents reported being hesitant to seek in-person care to some degree as the pandemic continues. 
And when asked about routine care during the remainder of 2021, one quarter said they plan to delay it and another 16% are unsure, which means they're definitely going to delay it in my mind. So yeah, so more than half are delaying uh, routine care, virtual inconvenient care still plays a key role for acute needs. That's not all the needs we have to consider, but what is that data point in particular? To me, it, it says a couple of things, and it definitely is in line with the research that we saw. And first of all, you've got people, I think themselves, making that decision to defer care for multitudes of reasons, some of which is related to the pandemic and they're just you know not comfortable seeking it. Or maybe they personally just deprioritized it for, for whatever reason, right? And you know that can create other types of problems because, again, they might be delaying that care because they don't know that there are other options available to them that might be more convenient, right? Yeah, I don't want to travel in and go see this doc. And it's maybe the routine care you're seeking can be obtained another way. And they're just not clear that it's available via another mechanism. And so that's why I think it's so important for provider organizations to figure out how to push this information out there. If you're seeking routine care, like again, this year for myself, I felt really healthy, but I did my annual physical and I didn't want to delay it. When I looked at my providers in person, it wasn't until like spring of, of 22. And I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to wait that long. That just seems dumb. So I had a virtual visit, all good, was able to share some information, was able to arrange lab tests for the standard blood work I get at the at a place right near me. And I could go do it in the morning before work started. And so this thing that was bundled before in an, one episode now got unbundled and I could do it on my own time. And I, I think there are a lot of folks who just don't know it's available. So let's make it easier for them to know that those options, you know, are there and available. And then maybe they'll be able to reorient themselves around not deferring care. Because we saw in our research that 74% of consumers said ability to obtain timely care is super important to me and is going to impact where I go seek care. So if there's near-term appointment availability, I'm going to go find a place that has that so I can get it when I want it. So I think we're going to see both sides, right? If you're delaying, what are the reasons? And is one of the reasons because you're not aware they can get that care, maybe from the exact same health system, but just via a different medium or, or a different channel or at a different location. Which is why I like connecting this part of the discussion among us practitioners, if you will, to the greater, the broader discussion about the long lasting effects of the pandemic, which do include things like so many people delaying their care, that really is going to have an impact. And we can't forget that in everything mm -hmm. else we're doing. It's a factor in improving a healthcare experience. And it's a factor in what you make available digitally versus in person. And I think you, you walked us through a great example of with yourself of how that kind of impacted your own decisions of what care to seek and I think that's pretty typical. I think there's a lot of decision-making that's changing and we can either use that as an opportunity to improve our ability to impact a healthcare choice, or we can just totally ignore it. And each health system, <laughs> each health organization is going to choose which way they do it. Some are just well, going to wait until, you know, I don't know when they're going to start you know, doing something. And you're right. And But part of it is looking at these things as a through the lens of supply and demand. And if you think about what's happening in the broader world, we have goods that we're all trying to get, but that are constrained because of supply chain. And so when you look at the digital supply chain that exists in consumer-driven care and then the, the services behind it, there's a very unique opportunity, I think, for provider organizations and healthcare to use that data to help reshape how they're going to keep their own traffic patterns, if you will, sustained. And okay, if we're seeing 
a reluctance to engage with care here, can we create mobile services that maybe bring it certain types of preventative care screenings, other things to the community, but still have it be under our brand, under our name, again, bringing those patients in and having some opportunity to meet them on their own turf so that some of these things aren't delayed because then it's like interest. If I'm going to delay, you're just going to build up interest. You can build up debt. And then none of us want to have a balloon payment on our own personal health care. Well, I should have seen someone about this last year, but I didn't. And now it's more serious than I thought it was going to be. Okay. That just kind of blew my mind. That thought of a balloon payment on our own personal <laughs> health care. Uh, that's the first time I've ever heard that. And I'm, I, I might just steal that in the future. It's all yours, buddy. Oh my gosh. That's a great way to think about it. And I think that's very relatable. Kind of as we broaden out this discussion, what do you think has changed the most over the course of these last couple of years? And where are things trending? Like maybe anything else that that stuck out from mm. the survey that we haven't mentioned yet, or just something that occurred to you as you've gone in there and, and digested what, what you guys discovered with the data. Just anything else we haven't talked about yet about where things might be trending from here? At a broader level, I'm going to use what kind of sounds like a tactical term, and then I'll explain it. There's I think we're going through this inversion of control. And and I mean that in a couple of ways where being a very consumer-driven healthcare organization doesn't mean that something else has to lose, right? In order for the consumer to win. It's not as if you're making this, it's an old school business school negotiation where there's a winner and there's a loser, right? This is truly kind of interest-based negotiation where I think health systems are going through. How do we ourselves drive our own change and adapt within the operating models that we've all known for so long and that are in some ways comfortable or in other way finely tuned for a different world and, and now are, are changing frequently. And when we look at just, again, what consumers you know, are saying, I think what they're part of what they're saying is we want more control, but the control isn't that we know best. The control is that we just need to be able to have some easier interaction patterns to engage with so that I can do some stuff more asynchronously. And Right through the pandemic, that has happened. You saw more usage of patient portals. Great. People felt more comfortable just themselves booking online across age groups that we saw. You saw them engage with more tools, right, than they ever did. And of course, things like telehealth shot up and then you come back down, but not like all the way back down. There's still, there's some comfort level there and then some new patterns that have been engaged. And I think that's the part that I'm most excited with is with what we learned, how do we take it farther drive outcomes better, but also make it more accessible, right? Make it more accessible and available to a broader part of the population and use this momentum to address other issues around digital healthcare literacy, trust with healthcare, access through technology, right? We still have deserts, places where broadband is still not prevalent in this country. And if it was, again, could drive a different type of of engagement there. And I think that's the responsibility of what we've been through over the last couple of years to really roll it forward, not just in what's a cooler new digital tool to use, but how do we make it, how does this, the cliche of the rising tide lifting all these boats come into effect and make it more accessible and more available. And I hope health systems do things like involve more of their patient and family councils. And as they're making these choices and as they're looking for and do that across a broad array of their own socioeconomic demographics of patients to get better input on how they can do this and grow it. Because it's not just, it's not just unidirectional. There's a whole bunch of other kind of stuff around it that I think we're now in a place where we need to lean into addressing if you're going to make that next really big leap with consumer focused and consumer driven care. And you're just giving us a ton to think about here, Chris. I'll give you a last shot here. Anything else you haven't mentioned about how to create consumer-first care? Maybe we'll frame it this way. If there was 
like one message you could share out there with everybody about making healthcare more consumer first, what would that be? It's going to sound awfully self-serving, but I'm going to put it out there because I want it myself. Just make it easy for me to schedule my own appointments. I recently you know, had to deal with some healthcare for my 14-year-old daughter. And there were certain things that I know we could have done digitally and scheduled ourselves that literally I was playing the phone tag game, calling people back and forth. And it, it was during working hours when myself, I'm working and I'm in meetings all day. And and just not being able to do that was frustrating. So I just, it's the summation of the research that we have, which is give consumer these options, these options. You can, you don't have to give them the ability to schedule everything. That's just not feasible, but give them more and, and help them to make these choices on their own time. And then buffet that with other types of downstream impact that you can have with a schedule appointment. Great. Send them information about it. Let them know where to call if they need to talk to someone before they come or link to chat or something like that so they can have follow-up. It's just, again, it comes back to the core thesis around what we're working on. And I just don't think there's any greater option we can give patients as consumers than giving them the reins over like scheduling in their own schedule so they can make these choices. Hey, Chris, thanks. Thanks again. Thanks so much for giving us a few minutes and, and sharing a ton of value with everybody. Well, before we go, what's the best way for listeners to connect with you and the work you're doing? Again, you can hit us up at kyrus.com, K-Y-R-U-S. Follow us on LinkedIn. Follow us on Twitter at Kyrus. You can follow me on Twitter at C-G-E-R-V-A-I-S. I'll try, I try and post stuff about healthcare tech there as well. There's so much going on. We, we're probably by the time this comes out, we'll have had our Atlas conference, but you can see follow up on some of the research there and some of the findings that we're going to be talking about at some of the panels and, and guest speakers. A lot of different ways to engage with us and, and we're always happy to chat about it. We love this stuff. Fantastic. It's been a pleasure. Uh, stay safe, stay well, and best of luck with all you're doing. And I can't wait to do this again. Awesome. Thank you, sir. It was great to be on. Appreciate the time. Ed Marks here with Digital Voices, the only podcast for chief digital officers across all of healthcare and life sciences. Digital Voices is about the voice of the patient, the provider, the payer, pharma, big tech, retail, public health, really any part of the healthcare and life sciences ecosystem, that's the digital voice we wanna capture as we learn and break barriers across the entire spectrum. Join us weekly as we drop our pod. Hey, thanks again for listening. We hope you found some value in this conversation. And if you did, do us a favor and follow us using your favorite podcast app. Then tell your friends and colleagues about us. If you like what you heard, please spread the word. Healthcare App is a member of the Shift.Health Content Network. If you enjoyed this podcast, you're going to love the other shows in the Shift.Health Content Network. Go check out the latest show. In fact, it's called Hello Healthcare, hosted by Chris Hemphill. It's focused on people who are moving healthcare forward, how healthcare strategy relates to data and AI, and what you can do to create or demand a better future. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform or at shift.health where all 35 podcasts and video series are free and available on demand. Until next time, keep marketing forward. Thanks. And that's a wrap.